0: Mm-hmm. Brian Copeland talking. Welcome to another edition of Copeland's Corner. This is episode 150. Check to make sure that that's right. Yeah, it's episode 158 of the podcast and episode three of uh, the YouTube version of, uh, of the podcast. So welcome, whether you're listening to us, whether you're watching us, it's, it's good to have you. Thank you for supporting us. Um, if you were somebody who has not watched us yet and you're listening still, uh, give us a, a, a look. Uh, we, we dropped the audio version of the podcast on Thursday mornings, and it's Thursday afternoon that we drop the video. So we're trying to get a thousand subscribers on YouTube because if we get a thousand subscribers, then we can actually do the show live and we can take your input during the show, which would be an absolute blast, you know, to have you chiming in while the comics and I are, are going at it. And I will be joined by a distinguished panel of comics in a couple of minutes. Uh, just real fast, just to start with, um, my one of my favorite pieces of news today is that Rudy Giuliani has lost the defamation suit that was filed against him by the two Georgia poll workers who he slandered, uh, Ruby Freeman and her daughter, Shay Moss, uh, who he and Trump both Uh, just slandered all over right-wing media, claiming that they were stuffing ballot boxes uh, for Biden. Uh, The stuff that was was being said by Giuliani is just despicable. You know, he said that they were passing USB ports around like they were vials of heroin or cocaine. That's a quote, vials of heroin or cocaine. And so uh, what the deal was is that he was ordered by the judge to disclose what his financial situation was, you know, what his assets were. And he kept, you know, jerking the court around. And the court said, forget it, you lose. You lose by default. I'm tired of waiting on you. I'm tired of being jerked around. You lose by default. So now what's gonna happen is there's still gonna be a trial, only the trial now is to decide how much the plaintiffs are going to get from him in terms of punitive damages. And you know, they've lost their reputations, they've lost their names, they've had to flee their homes because you got all of these MAGA kooks who are, are uh, making death threats towards them. Uh, they have literally been afraid for their lives since the 2020 election. So they've spent the last three years in fear, in hiding and in fear for their lives. Just two poll workers. I mean, they come every year, uh, every, every couple of years when there's an election, and they volunteer their time to help people vote. That's it. That's all they did. And instead uh, of, of just going like it normally does, They were picked on and they were targeted by the president of the United States lying about them and about his personal attorney lying about them. So I hope they get a fortune. And I also hope that there's some kind of a court order that makes Giuliani hold a press conference saying, I lied. I made all of this up. I lied. They did absolutely nothing wrong. MAGA, leave them alone. Stop harassing them. I made it all up and I did it at the direction of the president. You know, that's going to come out in court that he did it at the direction of the president. Trump mentioned their names 20 times, apparently, in some conversation with somebody mentioned them by name. So, I mean, they literally got to the point where they couldn't leave the house without fear of something happening to them. I mean, it's just it's well, this is what bullies do. You know, this is this is how bullies treat people. You know, bullies are they are called bullies for a reason. You know, they have some kind of power or authority or strength over somebody else, and they use it to step on those who are defenseless. Well, we found out today in a court of law that these two women are not defenseless, and it's going to cost Giuliani his ass. I hope. This is the part of the podcast that we call Headliners on the Headlines. Joining me, two old friends who I've not seen in forever uh, and Guy O'Bealam, who is now up in Sacramento. I didn't even know you were in Sacramento until I called you. It's an open secret. It's an open secret. And, and, and Carlos Alos rocky is with us. And Carlos, and I went on to introduce you. Do I introduce you, to Reno 911 voiceover? How do you like to be introduced?
1: I think uh, Burbank Dad. Just Burbank, Burbank Dad. Dad. No,
0: American just... boy.
1: I, you know what, I, my prominent thank you, all American boy Award in, in high school. You remember, you know what, a vo- voiceover actor and actor, Carlos Alaz Rocky. I don't do much comedy anymore. Every once in a while, so voiceover actor, actor.
2: The the voice of the
0: Taco Bell Chihuahua.
1: Yeah, you wind me up, and Guile, go, Viva Gorditas. Next thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were talking about, off the air before we started, you were talking about, about uh, doing anime and about conventions and, and public appearances. And, and last year, I had you come up and do uh, the comedy in the plaza out, yeah. outdoor event that, that we do up here in, in San Leandro. And there was this kid
1: right.
0: uh, in his 20s who I, it was just something off yeah. about him. And, he, and he, he just like stalked me because he was trying to get to you. Yes. And, and you were so cool about it. You were like, it's okay. I deal with these guys all the time. I yeah, mean, it we, have, is it scary?
1: No, no, it doesn't. There's no, never uh, mm-hmm. any kind of violent threat or anything. It's just sort of a, 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 it's a hard word to say. It's tedious because these kids are on the spectrum. They have Asperger's. And when we go to mm-hmm. conventions, this last one I did actually in um, West Palm Beach, it was called um, oh gosh, uh, I forgot what the name of the con, but um, Human fest, human fest, yeah, yeah, (laughs) June bug fest, Uh, palm
2: cockroach and anime festival.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the palmetto. (laughs) But these kids, a large part of my uh, fans, are are on the spectrum, and they have wonderful memories. It's just a different kind of computer, and so yeah, they will stay at length and tell you things about your show. And or yourself in your career that you have long since forgotten and it's fascinating and it can get tiring and this gentleman was like that he really wanted to know and let you know what he knew but they there's no filter on it which is both wonderful and both hard at the same time so yeah you gotta
0: be nice and you
1: it's,
2: yeah. it's one of those things about being on tv too like it's tv you're in somebody's house they've invited you into their home Right. Yep. So they feel like they really know you because they sit on the couch. They sat on the couch with you. They sat on the couch with your voice for hours and hours and hours. And so that whole pair parasocial, parasocial relationship sort of thing happens. And cats do love to info dump.
0: Like, there they, they, are just, you know, they, they don't. Sometimes they'll step over the line, they don't have boundaries. When I was doing morning, morning television every day here in the Bay Area, I'll never forget going out with my kids and my and my wife to have dinner one night, and some woman pulls up a chair. <laughs> Literally. I watch you every morning. I love you. Pulls up a chair and sits
1: down. That familiarity. I got to tell you. She watches you, I watch you
2: every morning. You, you're at our house. You're like, good morning. Yeah. Good well, morning.
1: I, I, you, good, mean, I,
2: you wake and you give her a greeting. Good morning. I'm going to tell you what's going <laughs> on. Let's talk about the day.
1: Let's do it. I fanboyed out over Adam Copeland. I've been hearing Copeland Co- and his, uh, uh, pardon, why am I Tolbert? Tolbert and Copeland. And I'm listening Tolbert to this Tolbert. voice and I go, oh, Brian Copeland's on sports radio now. And I'm hearing the laugh. I'm hearing the voice. And then he says, Adam Copeland. I'm like, holy crap, that's his kid. So I started fanboying out because I knew you. I wanted to call and go nutcracker tickets, chica- nutcracker tickets. <laughs> it was so I fanboyed out because of the familiarity. I, I wanted to, I wanted to, I gotta, I've got to meet this kid, Adam, because I know his dad. And it's like, the the sound is you it is you but,
2: but are you going to meet adam copeland and then just start info dumping i met your dad in 1985 yes. at yes. the planet gemini in monterey actually it was doc occupus back then and we did this and we did that and he used to yes. book a room in Colma.
1: <laughs> i am going to do the nutcracker tchaikovsky bit right in front of him
2: you know what i would say it's uh, like a deer here's, doing here's the funny. nra yeah here's
0: what's funny he may right. have flirted
2: with fascism <laughs>
0: And that is that, that he first met you when he was about five years old at Comedy Day in San Francisco. And he wow. was a huge fan of Rocco's Modern Life. Wow. And was completely freaked out, fanboy, not able to put two words together, meeting you.
1: Yeah. So, t- so it's a trip. You know, it is I'm, a trip. Because I tell people, we we each have our things. Uh, I remember watching Dana Gould at the Cops Comedy Club on stage ninety four, ninety five. 94, 95 and this voice behind me goes hey you're the voice of rocco my daughter zelda loves rocco and i'm like holy crap it's Robin williams and he knows who i am you know this the animation has that ability to cut through many levels of celebrity dumb and have people love what you do. Tom Kenny famously tells the story of Mike Tyson. Man, I just wanted to meet SpongeBob because I, I like it. My daughter likes it. <laughs> you know, it's like, it. It gives you this ticket that gets you past the velvet ropes and the guy with the headphones. It's So does weed. It's pretty amazing. So does weed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Here, smoke oh, some, that- some Rocco.
0: If if all goes well, uh, Lisa uh, Godelding is going to join us. She had uh, some, some family issues and wanted yeah. to join us today. So hopefully she'll pop in if she does. We will add her into the mix. Um, you, none, neither of you have done the show but The way this works is I just got some news stories that I pulled and we just talked. Um, let's start with this. Um, Mitch McConnell had another moment. Have you heard about this? He, Somebody on Twitter called him Glitch McConnell. Oh, gosh, Ooh, that's cold. did right. But it's him. You know, I mean, I don't wish that on anyone, but he was at a, he was at a press conference and he was asked the question, um, are you, or how do you feel about running for reelection in, uh, in 2026? And he goes, huh? And the reporter re- asked the question again. And then he went blank Yeah, for like 20 seconds, 30 seconds. So <sighs> an a an aide jumped in and goes, uh, Senator, did you hear the question? And yeah. he was just like out of it. And, and it's just, you know, and I mean, it's like, I don't want to see anyone like that. So I, I want to be real clear, but I mean, there's a book about him called The Man Who Broke America. I mean, yeah. you know, we're as partisan as we are in the court, so packed and everything else, but it's like, I don't want to see him. I don't want to see anybody like that, but he needs to retire.
2: One, one of two things. I figure it's either one of two things. One, he had some sort of brain hemorrhage or stroke or TIA or something like that. Two, they asked him that question and all the memories of all the Unspeakable evil and power tripping that he's done throughout the past sixty years of his career came crashing back into his brain and the overwhelming pressure of having to face his actual true self caused him to
1: glitch. It was kind of like the reverse ratatouille Peter O two memory, right? Exactly. I remember my younger Proust. because never forget, McConnell's the guy that said, we don't need to prosecute Trump here in Congress. We're gonna let the courts take care of it. And now that the courts are taking care of it, they're they're complaining about that. But that was the guy that shepherded him off. He did not have the guts of a Liz Cheney or an Adam Kinzinger. So we can't forget that. But I will say this about age. They are, Feinstein for me, too old, too old. Joe Biden, sorry to say I'm on the Stephanie Miller show that I get in trouble when I say, he's too old. Can he win? I hope he wins because it's either that or autocracy. So. Um, but I still think he's too old. That's my opinion. I'm with you. I'm with you. But he's and getting stuff
0: done. man, I, I have voted for Feinstein every opportunity I've had, you know, since I've been voting, and I, I I love her body of work. I love what it is she stands for. What it is she's done. But she's 90. For God's yes. sake, you know, my my rule is if your kids take your keys, you shouldn't be running government. <laughs> That's yeah. my, that's my rule. If your kids, if you're so old, your kids take your keys.
1: Well, Joe Biden's still there. He's still driving that convertible, right? So he's still good. But, he bad. but he's but anyway.
0: riding his bicycle
2: and, and, it's a, and being very effective as a as a president.
1: And it's unfortunately the the younger guys, like I call them, uh, Ramasmarmi and K- RFK Junior. They're just whack jobs. They're just either conspiracy. Is RFK
2: Junior younger though?
1: Yeah, he's like fifty nine.
0: He is not.
1: Fifty nine or six? We could look it up, but you know, wow. it's, okay. it's, it's, it's a hard, hard fifty
0: nine if he is.
1: No, he's sixty nine, I think. But it's it's sad that the the Democrats has sort of left themselves in that position. There was there was four years or even eight years to come up with a a Tammy Duckworth, uh, the the, uh, the gosh, the the woman from Georgia who did all the uh, stuff for voting rights who lost the the governorship. Stacey, oh, Abrams. Stacey Abrams. I, I, I'm yeah. like, why not pump up Stacey Abrams four years ago? She would have been a great nominee, in my opinion. <sighs> I really like I her. I, She's I, smart, if Americans
2: smart couldn't coach. elect a white woman in 2016. You think they'd elect a black woman in 2020? I, I
1: think Gen Z would. A guy I really do. Predict, Gen here's,
2: Z still does not outnumber Gen X. And, here,
3: here's and, here's my and you guys. are
2: forgetting about the fundamental racism and sexism of this country. And I'm not trying to it's it's embarrassing and sure. it's sad, but this country would rather like if it can't be a white man, it has it's to
0: be a Tim,
1: man. Scott, I mean, no, Tim Scott or yeah. Tim sorry, Scott. A, here, here,
0: here is my prediction there was a, a a video of Gerald Ford that that went around was viral about six months ago where he was at a press conference like in 1975 and they said, "Will we see a woman president?" He said, "Yes." and He goes, "And here's how it's going to happen." There'll be a woman vice president, and the president's going to die, and that's how we're going to get our first woman yeah.
1: president. Yes, I'll tell so you, Josh with-
0: eighty years old, and Kamala. That, you know, I can I can see that happening.
1: She's very polarizing. I can tell you in talks with people that I know that are very close to me. Unfortunately, they don't like her, and she's to me, she's not sincere. It's racism
2: and sexism. They didn't, well, they didn't like don't, Hillary either. Oh, why couldn't some other woman have run? And so then Kamala Harris. Well, then how come it's got to be some other woman? I would vote for a woman, I can't, but I can't well, vote for that woman. They just
1: say that all the time. Well, it could be, but in in terms of myself, I. I don't consider it racism because I like Stacey Abrams more than I like Kamala Harris, because they're, for Fair. me, it's a level of sincerity that I. Because you're a
2: raging leftist.
1: I am a raging leftist no, I'm sitting I in, like, the, in
2: the conservative chair. So I'm saying exactly.
1: But I do like there, there There can be there's something about her that is polarizing, unfortunately. But I agree with you. Gen X is not going to want even Gen X who are jumping off with these latest indictments. Right. Even Republicans like Jeff Duncan, J, G, G, with the G, uh, jumping off. So. Yeah, if Trump is the nominee, then people will jump on board with a Kamala Harris, knowing that she's a possibility of. Will
2: they? Trump has yeah, no. something percent of the white woman vote. Pardon me? Trump got more than fifty percent of the white women vote. He did. So. He, got, he
0: got white women voted for him, voted for him over Hillary. I had to swear
2: <laughs> off fifty three percent of all white women after that election.
1: Suburban <laughs> women like me. I but I think they're starting to run away from it a little bit. You know, well, I think they we'll, are.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Uh, let me let me welcome uh, Lisa Godoldig to the show. i uh, Glad glad that you could join us. A pleasure to have you.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, Brian. Hey, Carlos. How are you? How are you
0: guys? I've got all virgins on the show today. It's so the first time. And I'm
3: not one of those white women
0: So
3: Angayo doesn't have to swear off of me
0: (laughs) So you you didn't vote for Trump in 2016?
3: Oh, of course I voted for Trump in 2016 (laughs) (laughs) I won't even talk to anyone who voted for Trump all right. Here's something
0: I, that people were saying, um, you know, uh, uh, along the same conversation about all well, the women were saying, well, I want a woman, but not that woman. Um, and and I, I, I always feel uncomfortable saying this, but it's something that I hear and I hear from women a lot. I do hear from women a lot that women hate women. Is, is, and I'll ask Lisa, do you think that there is any truth to that or is that just sexism? Is that just men being sexist?"
3: Who says that women hate women? Is that men? who say that, that kind of feels I like the phrase is, black on black crime. That, you, know, you know what that, I mean? That, it's... That
0: women, that the reason that Hillary didn't win is because women hate women.
3: No. I no. The, the reason that Hillary didn't win is because there's misogyny in this country and because, amazingly, we haven't had a woman, woman president. Latin American nations have, where machismo is greater than the United States, but we haven't and we finally have a woman vice president a black woman vice president but can this country handle having a woman president i don't know i, mean, not, it's, but, I don't but, think but, it's really to go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, a matter it of but
2: will
0: they vote you got to go back and look at the number and the number is, is that most white women in this country voted for donald trump even after the grabbing by the pussy recording is out most they, white women not, over the age what the
1: uh, what was the age bracket
0: no most white women are,
1: so it was white women, but of those white women, I would say that a larger percentage of them were out of the Gen Z bracket. So the housewives, suburban housewives or even professionals. So I would think that most white young women of college age would probably vote against him. That would be my guess. Even even if it's a, a majority of women, uh, even if it's a minority of women, per se, I would say fewer women in the Republican Gen Z direct would vote against Trump. That's what that's what I'm guessing. But who knows? Maybe I'm Where's wrong. It-
3: was it that most white women voted for him, or he had a large population of his voters were white women? Most white women voted for him
0: in 2016. I don't know about 2020, but in 2016, the majority of white women voters voted for Trump over Hillary Clinton. And that, uh,
1: I, I, I'll, I'll always say this because it's not the source. None of this is surprising. Because I'm going to go to religion here. When you accept that God is a man and the Savior is a son in whatever religion it is, it's no surprise to me. There's a voluntary complicity by women to accept that. They go to church. My mom was a priest. My mom was a Methodist priest. It helped her out. But I've never understood why women voluntarily, I'm not saying probably they were groomed, why would you accept this conceit? that in Christianity, or even in, in Islam, that the Savior and God are men's. Who, who accepts that voluntarily? And I think therein lies the problem. And once that goes away, I think you'll see women starting to stand up for other women.
2: So no. we have to do away with religion? Yeah, yeah. For
1: Critical thinking, man, for sure, absolutely, unfortunately. But I, I, I asked the woman on the panel, why is that, that there is a voluntary acceptance by women some women to accept that god is a man and the savior is a son when it was clearly they weren't invited to the writer's table
3: i don't know you're asking an atheist so yeah right <laughs> answer
1: yeah i know i just a, Jew,
3: a jewish atheist or agnostic but i was yeah. late to the conversation because so i was taking my mom to a medical appointment so is the are we blaming white women for trump coming into power or are we Blamed. The conversation
2: started as yeah
3: started about age. which
2: McConnell too old to continue. Uh, is is DiFi too old? Is Joe Biden too old?
0: Yeah, because he froze again. McConnell froze on live TV again today. Yeah, had another, he had another one of those moments. You know, yeah. so you have a whole another round of does he need to go? And and well, we can ask his question: Shit, whether or not there should be a retirement age, a mandatory retirement age. And I say yeah.
1: I say yeah. Yeah, the board of electors vote for their new CEOs every once in a while too. Of course, they're probably assuming, but why not? I, I think so. Term limits, all that kind of stuff. Age, age limits is relative, right? But certainly term limits, which would eventually uh, nullify the, the need for age limits, right? If you had term limits. So, but uh, but you know, your original question: Are do women hate women, uh, 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 other women it, as much as men hate other men? It's certainly a possibility, right?
0: Yeah, it's a good point.
2: Welcome to internalized misogyny talk brought to you by four dudes and a woman yeah. three a dudes woman a who got
1: a woman. here late yeah.
2: three three dudes
1: three dudes four, and a woman
2: four four dudes oh no three I'm staring yeah. at me counting me as two
1: yeah that's okay but no but th- that, that statement in and of itself if men can hate men, why don't women have the a, a liberty to hate- w- other yeah. women right okay. <laughs> why? why is it so controversial liberty men hate be. men
0: yeah right? men do it. Men hate men. I hate, hate Jimmy
1: men. Dore. Everybody knows that. Grifter <laughs> <laughs> con artist. And hey, going back
0: to your question <laughs> about religion. Um, yeah. There was a there are a couple of religious stories I've got to. Uh, one is uh, there was a poll that has found that middle-aged people um, in large numbers, as in like the majority, and I can't give you exactly what the figure is, uh, but the majority of middle-aged people of all faiths, Have stopped going to church. Has stopped going to church, and it's like usually I'm. I'm, I was raised Catholic and church or house of worship. You mean? Yeah, because Jews are not. They say church. church, I'm gonna say house of worship. Okay. His mama named him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so, but the way but like the way it works in catholicism is is you go your parents make you go then when he yes. gets 20, you drop out then you get married and you have kids and you go you go, you go back because the kids and then the kids grow up and and you start going when the grandkids Interesting, yeah. but they're saying it's like i mean is it disillusionment is it you know is it that just religion pure organized religion has fallen out of favor it
1: kind of parallels traveling when you get older, you just don't need all the carry-on luggage anymore. You just travel lightly. <laughs> Religion <laughs> is carry-on luggage. Religion is checked baggage, rather. I'm just going to go with a slight carry-on. I don't need to. A... It's the same parallel there, yeah. I, I I, think, yeah, I think that is a trend now. And I think it could be social media, too, right? Where people spend so much time on social media that maybe they found out that they've run out of energy and our time to go to church. Or maybe they feel that they get it through social media or, or other means or radio or or musicals or or uh, jim caviezel um, i would also
2: think yeah, that's funny people are um maybe slightly disillusioned with yeah. the church all the churches right now yeah. you see these mega preachers who won't open the church doors for disaster victims you see yeah. the dioceses of catholic cities big cities claiming bankruptcy mm-hmm. so they yeah. don't have to accept responsibility for child abuse jim, Bank bankruptcy right. you can't sell
0: a church San Francisco, yeah. the Archdiocese of San Francisco is talking oh, about funding Oakland back to- as well.
2: Oakland already did it. And that's why San Francisco is doing it. a couple of other cities. are looking like Detroit's looking into that.
0: Uh, How are you going to tell me the Catholic Church is broke? And they, the Catholic they say, Church. And they say that you can't count um, the churches and you can't count the antiquities because those are, uh, there's some exemption. Um, because
2: things are more important than the mental health and well-being and safety of children.
1: Yeah, statues, whatever, objects. Yeah,
0: statues. And they're finding oh. it in every religion. You know, I, I have a friend who's an attorney who uh, who represents victims, and he had a major case against the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I've always said this, God, in whatever form you want to say that God is, we've given this God thing, or religion and its origins, 2,000 years, and you can see where that's gotten us. to sound like Vincent Gardino in, in Moonstruck. And if God... Were a baseball manager, he'd be fired. <laughs> you have a under a 50 50 record. The world is crap, it's melting. People hate each other. You're not doing a good job. I'm going to Jerry Jones you and I'm sending you to Dallas.
2: The, the Sorry, would be, though, Is that God doing that or is that people who are found? Right. right, because a lot of people get involved in these churches. Not because they want to glorify God, not because they want to give their life mm-hmm. to the service, not because they felt a call and a compunction and a lifting of the spirit in the presence yeah. of that, which we cannot always understand the vibrations of the one, which is the one. But they get into it because they want to touch kids or they want to they see an easy way to make money and drive a Lamborghini. Sure. Right. Sure. Maybe they have some charisma, uh, but they're not very funny. So instead of becoming stand up comedians, they become preachers.
1: Yeah, but outside of the church, I love Joseph Campbell, Power of Myth. He said, yeah, mythology informs us. It informs us. It gives us values. But at some point, you have to change the software. And we know so much more. And it's time we change the software. And that, I think, would embody more critical thinking. You can still have your spirituality outside of the church where people want to touch people in the institutions. But so I've always agreed with that sentiment. We need to change the software and think differently now. And and maybe accept these metaphors from every religion. It's I all love the, in
2: Buddhism at this point.
1: Yeah, that's what I love about Life of Pi. Right? It was the guy. The guy was just doing a cocktail mix of all the religions he liked, and says, "I can garner stuff from each of these religions and be a pretty cool person." That's
3: the, the
2: fundamental message, is generally. Same Lisa, are we talking over you? Did you want to say something? No, it's
3: fine. I, religion is not usually subject that I participate in, so I'm just listening. That's fair. Uh, I, don't worry. I thank you for uh noticing but i will jump in when i have something to say the call. all right
0: okay uh let's see what else we got here um okay well something i mentioned before you guys came up on and that is that giuliani has lost his defamation suit by default against the two poll workers in uh, in atlanta who he lied about yeah in uh, front both lied about and claimed that they were stuffed in ballot boxes in Fulton County. For, uh, for Biden and that they were, quote, pa- uh, surreptitiously passing USB ports back and forth like they were heroin or cocaine. Yeah. yeah. And so the yeah. deal was is he was supposed to turn. Would you over- like to do a little bump in the polls?
1: Yeah, they're, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I need something else. He goes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He was he supposed to be
0: turning over his his financials to uh to the court so they can look and see what it is he's worth and he kept dicking around about it basically it didn't turn it in so they not said enough you lose by default yeah uh, so that's what happened so there's going to be a trial now to to find out to determine how much he has to pay that's all the trial is going to be about you know yeah. you talk, how much the yeah. how much do you have to pay and what he's done to these women I mean he's destroyed these women uh, their names their reputations phones yeah. death threats I mean it's unconscionable
2: yeah, uh, they should take all his money and his and his New York apartments and his little vacation house in the Hamptons or whatever he's got and his little Swiss bank account and all that stuff. It's uh, it's embarrassing. He should be embarrassed. And He didn't even show up for the trial. Right. He stipulated. So when they first did the thing, he just stipulated look, everything they say is true. I was an ass.
1: It's yeah, it's sad. The field teacher. And then that was it the fealty to Dracula. They're all a bunch of Renfields, right? doesn't matter how many people he kills, as long as he can keep Mina, which is the presidency. This guy will just do anything. And right now, he's the different forms, right? He's the werewolf. He's the guy in the top hat. Right now, this version of Trump is that pile of rats. It's like, look what you're going to do to me. It's the last version of him before Van Helsing. I always call Jack Smith and Fonny Willis or Van Helsing. Uh, That guy at the end of Francis Ford Coppola's movie, He's the cowboy hat who comes up and pl- plants the knife right in the heart as the sun is coming up and he pops out of the box. That's who they are. And hopefully this is the last uh, vestiges of this Dracula, you know. but you then- mean he
0: can't be president from jail?
1: Probably well, yeah. could.
0: In theory, he could. And here, Well, here's the scary part. He told Glenn Beck yesterday that if he's elected, uh, he's going to put his political opponents in jail. He says, I have no choice because they've done it to us. That's what he said. We have no choice. But, so if you elect me. So here's what he said up front but, but didn't
3: he me. say that last time he was going to put Hillary in jail? Lock her and, up, you're right. Yeah. That's how it came up. Was he asked yeah. about
0: whether or not he regrets saying lock mm-hmm. her up now? And he says no. He doesn't, because now that's exactly what he's
3: gonna do. What's crazy is if he's in jail, he can't vote. That's, right. on, that's on the that's on the 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 books, but there's nothing that says that he can't be president. Right. So
0: right. You know, you because added, there's, added... Because there's
3: no precedence for that. I mean, you know, we're like, okay, what laws do we come up with? All right, prisoners can't vote. Okay, but presidents can't preside from jail. That's not going to happen. Well, fast forward 200 years. And it It'll did. be
2: like a mafia Don presidency, right? Like he ran the the Gambino family for five years from prison. He'd just be sliding yeah. notes to Secret Service agents. And you know how much
0: time he's looking at? If he's convicted on everything, you know how
3: time he's looking at?
1: Like 50 years? years.
3: 717 years. Good. Oh, my God. He only has 700 left. Exactly. <laughs> and
2: he's is been much- siphoning the life energy of Mitch McConnell. That's why McConnell looks so tired.
1: <laughs> in, inherited in this conversation, and I've tweeted this and I made a video about it on my Twitter, uh, X rather, the people that say we have Trump derangement syndrome, I'm like, Yeah. That's like the mayor of Amity Beach telling me I have great white shark syndrome. Yeah, I do. Because the shark is still out there because you guys were too chicken to kill it. So, yes, it's still killing people. I have great white shark derangement syndrome. Thank you very much, Mr.
2: That shark is still out on the beach blackmailing politicians.
1: Absolutely. So, yes, be proud of your Trump derangement syndrome. Be proud that you're Roy Scheider, you're Brody and Hooper, and you want to get rid of this shark. Be proud of that. Wear like a badge.
0: You're going to need a bigger vote. If if he does have to drop out, if in fact something happens and he does for whatever re- whatever reason have to drop out, is there a Republican running right now who you think can beat Biden? Can 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 Nikki uh, Haley? you think Nikki Haley can beat Biden? I was gonna, just going to ask you that.
1: Oh wow, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think so. I think because she's sort of taken a stand against Trump, as it were, a little bit.
0: She's a pardon him. She says she'll pardon him if he's if, if, uh, they well, all that, that, said that they
2: would vote for him if he was the nominee. So they all raised their hands. Yeah, they,
1: they all, all raised their hands. do the <laughs> Dracula. Um, I sort of wish John Huntsman were running because I really like him. And actually, if he wrote if he were the nominee against Biden, I are
2: probably no would likeable go. GOP candidates.
1: I do like John Huntsman, I have to say. Um, I think he's intelligent. I think he's smart. I think he's mild mannered. But God, bar Trump is hitting mm-hmm. the bar so low. Smart, but-
2: intelligent, mild mannered fascism and racism. That's my favorite thing. Uh,
1: I don't think Hunt's been that, that type of guy. I think it respects the, democracy. The GOP
2: is fundamentally racist and fascist. They, allowed it, they, they no. allowed it to happen to themselves, and there's really no way out of it. They're going to have to start a new party.
1: Well, no. No, they're
2: beholden to violent fascists. There's no way out, dog. How many people I show don't, up just start gunning down people in the streets? How many people they've set up a whole stochastic terrorist lone wolf network and they maybe didn't do it on purpose. But if you jump on the tiger's back, you got to ride it, dog. I I that's agree.
1: I agree. I think that's what they have a fealty to. But I don't think John Huntsman is that kind of guy. I don't think it doesn't Adam matter. Kins- I don't think Adam Kinzer is, that Huntsman
2: is not going to change the minds of. 10 million, 20 million, however many people voted for Trump, fascists?
1: I'm not saying that he is. I'm just saying that he's not one of those. And and I'm glad, glad you brought have, that up. I'm but glad he is one of
2: those.
0: What's no,
1: the a old was, a thing country.
2: they say in German? If there's nine people, at the, if there's nine Nazis at the table and a 10th person is sitting next to them, what do they call the 10th person? A Nazi.
1: Yeah, okay. I, I don't you agree just, with that. Is, I think that's a saying. I think that's, I, a, that's a saying, saying that but it,
0: that's Sorry, Brian. I mean, yeah, but here's how I disagree with this, too. And that is because you're talking about the base right now. And when right. you're talking about the base and the majority of the party, you're absolutely right. However, you do have Republicans who are not crazy. Rasmussen. When you talk Damn. about Kinsinger, when you talk about, and I don't agree with him at all. I don't agree with Liz Cheney on anything. Yeah. However, her her integrity. I, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm Liz I, Cheney would never win
2: the Republican nomination.
1: She got censured. But you, are yeah. yeah. So there's 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 elements of both that are, are are in truth. But I'm glad you brought up the fact that. Unfortunately, a Republican candidate like Huntsman Huntsman will not change the behavior of the base, which is why I always attack the far left, like the Jimmy Doors, who somehow think that a perfect Democratic candidate, the perfect liberal, like Jimmy, if he had the balls to run for anything, that he would suddenly solve the way the GOP behaves. That's not happening. This is why we do vote for Biden, because we live in a binary system where it's going to be vote on black or red. Don't put your money on that green thing. You're not going to win. So. I agree with you and Guy. no candidate is going to change the behavior of the base. It's going to have to happen gradually. All you can do is defeat them either politically or hopefully not in, in other means, but um, I agree. Let there, me there's ask no miracle guys, candidate that's going to change your behavior.
0: Well, what, what, tell me what's scarier to you. Uh, we know that there are a lot of MAGA coops and we know that there are a lot of, of, of MAGA lone wolves. We're seeing I mean, you know, uh, you know, this idiot with the manifesto in Jacksonville, Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the attack on Paul Pelosi. They're, that's what they're they're not going to they're not going to attack in a horde like they did on January 6th. Again, you're going to see individual lone coups coming,
1: out,
0: coming after people. Yeah. McVeigh kind of people. So what scares you more that Trump will win or that Trump will lose? Win. Because if Trump, because if Trump loses, you're going to see a lot of you're going to see attacks from these these lone wolf nuts. You are. And I think they, you saw
1: what Dave, happened to David Koresh. I, I think the Army will be on the side as much as they like to say we have people in the Army. I think I think the United States military would quell that pretty quickly. Right,
2: so That's a challenge because it's not. And I mean, we're getting deep into some philosophical, futuristic woods here. Uh, if, it, if it were to be a modern civil war, it's not. It's not blue coats and gray coats yeah. skirmishing in Manassas,
0: mm-hmm. right?
2: It's all terrorist cells and the, mm-hmm. the IRA or the uh, the PLO. If you think about it like that, I mean, the, yeah. these Cubans and these these guys, you know, it's all one guy shooting up a store. It's it's a bunch of guys trying to kidnap the governor. It's not. It's not a cohesive. Yeah. thing and so that's the big challenge and i think that's one of the reasons that a lot of establishment democrats everything have a hard time prosecuting or because you can't really find who to who to stop because they're all spread out and it, it's like x-wings fighting the death star
1: yeah yeah but i'm, I'm more afraid of him winning than i have uh, clear
2: clearly. right i mean if he wins then it's really just open season it's fucking Pardon my French, but, you know, uh, what they say in True Romance, he must have thought it was White Boy Day.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, remember we had a little reprieve after the inauguration and we could mm-hmm. breathe and, and feel like we don't have to follow the news every 10 minutes and yeah. like we'll miss something? It was so nice to have that breather, but unfortunately, you know, he's back. And I don't know how his Teflon ability works. I don't know how he can go through January 6th and come through scot-free. But some his minions who are spending time in jail from January 6th. I mean, are people turning on him? Or it's just some people are turning on him. He still has the power. I mean, I'll follow his crap on social media and people are still convinced that he won. I mean, I don't know how stupid you can be and I've never been someone who gets brainwashed so I don't understand that thinking. But how can you see someone who... You know, has lied to you and has does you know does not have your interests in mind. Does does not sound intelligent, but somehow you still keep believing them as the great white savior. I don't
1: yeah, know. from the moment it's he a, landed, it's a
3: cult. It's a cult. I mean, yeah. that,
1: that,
0: there's no other way to describe it. If you look yeah. up the characteristics of a cult and of a cult leader, that's exactly what this is. The cult leader says everybody's lying to you, but me. The cult right. leaders, says, I'm the only one who you should listen to. I'm the only one who's capable of fixing the problem.
1: Boy, that doesn't sound like Jimmy Dore's comedy tour at all.
0: Oh,
1: Jesus. <laughs> 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 I'll don't have a martini and yell at my. I'm not afraid of him. His minions, it is a cult because when I attack Jimmy Dore, you should see how they come at me. They're all freaking Sea Org people. They all come after me because Jimmy can't be wrong because Jimmy has told me, man, that people are lying to us, man. And you're taking the vax and you got the jab, man. And you don't know what a real Democrat is. Jimmy told me they have that the wow. same level of zeal that MAGA does. Believe me, it wow. is also a cult. And I, I implore other people not to be afraid to call it that because that's what it is. You're, anytime you don't believe in a reality and try to create an, a reality where you have false autonomy, that's what a cult is, is too. It's the I thought same that was called that show business. Is. It is culture. It's, a, it's, it's grifting. He's a grifter exactly like Trump is. They're all grifters because yes, no, yeah. it's not sexy to tell people the truth. I remember Bill Burr going on Joe Rogan. They're talking about the vaccine. And Bill just looks at him, and goes, come on, Joe, we're fucking comics. We don't know anything about the fucking vaccine. Just fucking take the shot. And Joe's, Joe Rogan is just kind of like, oh, yeah, you kind of he just called it like it is. It's yeah. You know, are things going to have side effects? Yes. There's again, there's no perfect candidate. There's no perfect vaccine. There's no, there's no revolution, you know, They're the revolution, the government, I, I read this article by Aaron Maté and Mike Glenn Greenwald, like, you're doing nothing, you do nothing, you sound like Conor McGregor, you just sit in your basement, you will go to a comedy tour, you will buy chicken fingers, you'll do nothing, you're doing nothing, you're just getting angry, but you're doing, you're affecting no legislation. You're yeah. not doing anything. They're like the guys in the park with the plastic swords and the big beekeeper helmets. I teach self-defense. No, you don't. Get out of the park. <laughs> I hate those guys. See, men hating men.
0: Well, here's the thing.
2: I, I can't say that the LARPers actually teach self-defense, but I did know a guy in Portland who used to wear a sword.
1: Yeah. There yeah, you go. He like a hand and a half. I knew no. a guy in
0: Healdsburg, but, oh, that was a renaissance spirit. Never mind. No, no,
2: he was a bartender in Portland, but he just, he just rocked a sword in his everyday attire. And I, okay. I got to say, I wasn't gonna, mad at it. It kind of made me want to take some sword lessons.
0: I'm going to completely You're shift gears. I, yeah. I want your take on this story. Okay, a guy in Trumbull, Connecticut is walking through the parking lot of his bank. He's gone to his bank and made a deposit or withdrawal or whatever, and he's walking to the parking lot. And he sees a bag. And he opens a bag up, and there's five thousand bucks in it. So he figures, you know, finders keepers, and takes it, and puts it in his car, and takes it home. Well, it turns out that it is tax money for the city, and somebody who was making a deposit, some somebody dropped that bag. So they they do an investigation, and they find the guy, and they show up on his front porch, and they arrest him for uh, a, a third degree, a third degree felony theft, or or, or something, and because they say that the, the bag that he took had the the logo of the bank on the outside of it, and he he denies it, but, he, but they say that it has the logo of the bank, and on the inside there were deposit slips and stuff. So he had a a a, a responsibility to return it to its right, rightful owners. So he's looking at one to five years in prison. We're not returning that money. So do you think that this guy should go to jail for this? Or is he right? Look, I found it in the parking lot. It's my fault that you dropped it.
1: I don't think it's should good in jail. I think it should just return it and then say, there, you returned it. You're good. Good to go.
2: I also agree he should just give the money back. Uh, It shouldn't be a felony. Uh, I mean, listen, if. I have found money in weed in random spots for sure. Uh, but if you're in the parking lot of the bank and you find a bag with the bank's logo on it and some deposit slips in it, you should probably just take the money into the bank and be somebody I dropped this in the parking lot. right? It's not like he was walking down Main Street and he just found a random bag with $5,000 in it. I mean, you could keep it, but you should also worry if the mafia or the local drug dealers are going to come after you if you found somebody's loot <laughs> as well. And yeah. if you consider banks to be the mafia or the local drug dealers, they will come after you.
3: Yeah, he, found, about money. he found the bag. He didn't go into the yeah. Brinks truck and steal it. He didn't go to a store and steal it. He found it. Should he go to jail? Absolutely not. Yeah.
0: Even though there was, according to that, according to law enforcement, which again he denies, but according to law enforcement, there were clear identifying marks as to who it who it belonged. To. I'm gonna go this far. Not only should he uh, not
2: have to go to jail, the bank <laughs> should give him five hundred dollars.
1: Yeah, for finding it, for Find keeping it. the money
0: safe. Yeah, <laughs> keeping the money safe. He took it home and he spent it. He, he should you, get a reward. And
2: he
1: and found a puppy, it. puppy and can't hey, get home and hey, you was right. He didn't invest that money in, in foreign banks overseas like a bank would or, or, or ventures. He put the money back into the economy, the
2: local economy,
1: the local economy, right? He should right. not go to jail.
2: The strip clubs and <laughs> yeah, and fancy coffee joints. were very excited to see him for a month.
1: Making it rain is not a felony.
3: He should get a reward for finding the money. Yeah, I like it. A fighter's fee.
2: $4,500. Because <laughs> I only got 500 left, man. Mm. You should have been here two weeks ago. Yeah. I got bills, dog. They put a lien on my house. I had to do a lot of things. Mm.
0: I remember about 15 years ago, there was a story. And I can't remember if it was in San Francisco or it was somewhere in California where a Brinks truck overturned. On you know, the freeway. Was that, a, is that where it was? There was one was where I was on the freeway. Yeah, money was flying everywhere, and yeah. people were running and picking up money and and, and filling their pockets. And there yeah. was a there was a big moral debate about whether or not those people were thieves.
2: Uh, I know mean, a lot of y'all don't believe in God, but I will say that God works in mysterious ways, and sometimes people just need some money, and sometimes you just find it when a brink truck overturns. That money's insured, right? Uh, where people mm-hmm. went wrong was they videotape themselves in their full face, picking up money from the brink truck on yeah. the freeway.
3: You're yeah. supposed to
2: pull your hat over your head, make get low. your bag out the trunk, and grab as much as you can, and split, and cover your license plates, and split. Don't, uh, you know, yeah. get those you know, blessings anonymous. Money is not real anyway. Don't get me started on this whole thing.
1: No, you're right, it's not real. It's just paper and coins, and Bitcoin.
2: It's an agreement. It's a trust exercise, like driving.
1: I, I think I'm bougie and well off enough or whatever where I would feel guilty and return the money. But I can't yeah, expect maybe. that of somebody else that has different circumstances. So I have no problem. Brink's truck turns over. You find a bank of money on the street. You do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. My grandmother used to tell, tell me no this story.
0: My, my grandma pressed, well, was a clothes presser at a, at a cleaners for years and years and years and years. Single mother. And there was a period of time uh, was, a, was she was just really, really broke. And and couldn't afford, you know, how she was going to pay the rent, how she was going to buy milk for my mother, how she was going to take care. of it. She had no idea what she was going to do. And she's pressing this suit, and she feels that it minute, and it's a hundred dollar bill. And she took she what, what Engayo said, and said, "This is God working no, yeah. no badly. I need this. I got to buy milk for my daughter and put a roof over her head." And she she kept a hundred dollars. And even years later, I would go, "So do you feel?" Guilty about that? She said, "No, yeah, that, that was that was God working in mysterious ways, you know, making mm-hmm. sure that I was
1: able to buy milk." God doing a reverse pickpocket.
0: Came mm-hmm. up on
2: a hundred dollars. Yeah. Listen, that dude can afford to get his suit pressed, he, and he can yeah. afford to not realize he
0: got a hundred dollars in it. So,
1: if <laughs> it <laughs> was a dude, point. yeah, that's
0: a good point. Uh, Wouldn't been nice to be? Isn't it nice to be able to lose like money like that and not get <sighs> upset? Or is it ever nice to lose a hundred bucks? And not, I've I've lost a hundred bucks and not been at that extent. And then I've lost a hundred bucks and I'm freaked out. It depends on on. on it depends what, on the
2: day. Freelancer lifestyle. I've turned my car inside out on five dollars once. Yeah. What's yeah. the old joke about the guy uh, standing the there at the at the stadium? So that the long urinal, right? They're standing there, and one guy's peeing, and a dollar bill falls out of his pocket into the urinal, the big trough-type urinal. And he's like, oh, damn it. So he reaches his wallet, and he pulls out a $100 bill, and he throws it in there. And the guy standing next to him goes, what the hell are you doing? He says, well, I'm not reaching in there for a dollar.
1: Yeah, nice. I love that. Way better than the joke I used to try, if you find it heads up in a urinal, is it really a lucky penny? Yeah. I
3: just can't. I just can't believe that you guys pee together in public bathrooms. That just I need a wall.
1: I, I agree with you, Lisa. I need a wall. I need that partition. I can't do a trough anymore.
3: No, yeah, I can't. can remember?
0: candlestick had that trough. Where yeah, we'd have to stand in a circle. Yeah, <laughs> if the trough was literally a circle. <coughs> peeing next to guys and and, and across from guys and, and
2: peace in San quiet. Francisco too. You know some in, enterprising soul set up some sort of weird freaky Craigslist shit for the middle of the night at the yeah. State Park urinal.
3: Old- yeah. But I, I just can't imagine <laughs> I can't imagine a bunch of women squatting together. It's just so incomprehensible as a woman that a uh, bunch of guys like you know I was producing a comedy show with the herbst and uh yeah. Mayor Brown was there at the time, and a friend of mine's like, oh, I just came out of the bathroom. I was just peeing next to the mayor. I mean, I just yeah. would never be peeing next to a London Breed.
1: That's <laughs> so bar- maybe on Yellow Jackets, you'd see women peeing together. That's, that's pretty a great show, by the way. Yeah, I really that, love it. Yeah.
0: That is like, well, that's one of my favorite shows, Yellow yeah. Jackets, if you've not seen it. Now, this is, this is a plug. If you've never seen Yellow Jackets, see it. They're good.
1: See it. It's it's good.
0: Good. Um, We're I'm just plugging our favorite shows now, Kunk on Earth.
1: Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's
0: a
2: funny show kunk on earth philomena kunk on earth it's a netflix show okay. it's like a mockumentary about the history of the earth
1: yeah she was the uh, woman from afterlife
2: yeah she's hilarious yeah, she's okay. wonderful it's so funny There's a heart stop
3: heart, uh, heart stoppers a very sweet gay teen uh series from england two seasons so far beautiful i've heard a lot about that i have to check it out it's, it's, it's what's it's Heartstoppers. Heart Heart Stoppers. It, okay. It's based on a graphic novel and there's two seasons and it's just the the characters, the dialogue, the themes, the kids coming out, kids being friends with each other who are gay, it's just coming out to a mother scene, it's just beautiful. Oh, that's great. All right, so now we're talking
0: entertainment. This is a perfect segue. Yeah. I, I, one of the things I do when I prep for the show is I look and I see what's trending. On 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 X, I refuse to call it X on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. His
2: mama named him Twitter.
0: I'm gonna call him Twitter. You know his <laughs> name not Malcolm Twitter. It was, anyway, anyway. I'm I'm uh, I'm I look to see what's what's trending, and uh, and Meg Ryan was trending. I'm like, why the hell is Meg Ryan trending? She's still alive, right? What did she do? She's what she having? She's got a movie coming up. She mm-hmm. her, the first rom com she's done in 14 years. She's she's 61 now, and she has written and directed a rom com that uh, is going to open in October. It's
1: Facelift her- in Seattle. Pardon? <laughs> Facelift. <laughs> Facelift in Seattle. Sorry, I had to go there.
2: <laughs>
0: well, it's her and David
2: Boytox D- in Boise. Boytox, get it? B-O-Y hyphen T-O-X.
0: It's her and David Duchovny, and the premise is is that they they had dated 25 years ago. And hadn't seen each other since the breakup, and they're stuck in an airport together. Their planes have all been canceled and delayed, and they're stuck. And they go through their relationship: what worked, what didn't, and that's two hours. And and they're they're hoping it's the return of the rom com because rom coms have been dead for a long time. Yes, you know. So I like rom coms. I'll I'll, I'll admit it. Oh yeah, I'll fuss up. I I, I like Meg Ryan's movies when she was at her at her peak.
2: I got no problem with it. Meg Ryan is awesome.
1: Yeah, I like it, and you know, women rom-coms of that age should be able to be in rom coms. If you could have Jack Nicholson and his uh, his age being uh, pursued by Helen Hunt, I think it's fair for a woman at sixty one to have her own rom com. I'm
0: sixty. I'm with you. I mean, you, you
1: sixty, Lisa? I'm sixty one as well. 61. Sixty one? A You sixty two, baby? Sixty one. Nineteen
3: sixty two. Yeah, July. You also do a rom com.
1: We could do a rom com.
3: All right, let's do it. <laughs> I actually here. just wrote I'm my the baby. first screenplay, Voiceless in Vancouver. There you go. I just wrote my first screenplay. Oh, yeah, congratulations! I, I've been living with my mother in her retirement community in Florida during the whole what? pandemic. Because wow. I came to I came to visit March 2020 for two weeks. The pandemic hit. I stayed for 17 months, and the last two years, I've been commuting back and forth, like two or three months in Florida, a month back in San Francisco, That's and I just great. wrote a screenplay about. The hypothetical situation of a San Francisco comedian who goes to visit her mother in Florida in the beginning of the pandemic and stays.
1: I love <laughs> I it. it. I, I'm right there. My mom's on it's a memory good. floor in Los Angeles, and well, two three days a week I'm there. So you've got an audience right here. All right, uh, I'm I'm down for watching that.
0: Lisa, tell me about Florida right now, and uh, about Florida under DeSantis, because like the NAACP put out a travel advisory telling Black people not to go to Florida because because it, it, it's it's unwelcoming and not safe. But, you know, in terms of, of, of how crazy and far right the policies have got, I mean, hey, he Wade moved
1: out.
3: I mean, I'm living in a Democratic stronghold. I've, I see a Trump bumper sticker every so often. And I know intellectually what uh, DeSantis is saying and doing and him being booed in Jacksonville. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm i not seeing every day like DeSantis on the you know the corner. I know I'm not taking a Afri- trying to take African-American studies, but. You know, my all of the uh, home health aides that my mom and all of her friends yeah. have are all haitian and um so i i didn't know about the travel alert yeah but it, it's not shocking to me
1: and dwayne wade said i don't i don't feel safe with my kids so they moved wow yeah are They're you gone. in southern
3: florida yeah, I'm in Boynton Beach, South Florida. We're, we're not getting. You know what they
2: fun. say about Florida is the uh, further north you
0: go, the farther
2: south you get. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I love that. Sure. I love that.
2: I used to you
0: ever play Jacksonville? There used to be a funny bone in Jacksonville.
2: No, I used to play Uncle Funnie's in West Palm or in Plantation, actually.
0: Oh wow. Yeah, I refused no, to play yeah, place Uncle Funnie's. In, just on general, uh, in general principle, I'm play at a place called Plantation. Yeah,
1: not even to eat it. Those are my opening
2: weeks. jokes. We're gonna be here in Plantation, Florida. I had to come in on the back airport.
1: Nice. <laughs> I'm playing in this, I'm playing in the big comedy room tonight. <laughs> main right, so
0: speaking of playing, what, what's everybody at the plug? A guy, anything you, you want to plug? I'm gonna be in
2: Oklahoma City on uh, September 16th for the cano- uh, Candor and Cannabis conference, and then I will be in Missouri uh, the week after that for the Missouri Growers' Cup, and I'll be in Slovenia uh, this coming week for the International Cannabis Business Conference Science and Technology Forum.
0: Okay, so tell me about all these cannabis events. Are you speaking on a panel or are you performing? I'm emceeing, so I'm
2: the, the Master of Ceremonies for the Science and Technology Conference, and then I'm performing uh at the candor and cannabis event and then i'm a guest judge and the host for the event at the missouri growers cup
0: are the audiences high
2: yeah not so much in the science and technology forum actually in the science and technology forum i have to remind them that it's a plant and not just a bunch of chemicals right all the time we get into it all the time because the challenges that they're having here comes an info dump is scientists and medicinal people when you look at cannabis for medicinal things they want to be able to say if you have this then you need this if you have this then you smoke this if you have this then you smoke this but it doesn't work like that terpenes are different for everybody the effects of cannabis is different for everybody so for some people blue dream might be the one for other people og kush or train wreck or whatever they birthday cookies might be the strain um so I'm always like, let's, re, you know, let's remember that there's still some magic involved, it's not an exact science, and you can't keep trying to put a thing on 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 chaos. And you've got to stop with this monoculture bullshit, because that's how you end up with the Cavendish banana. And that's also about to die out. And so
0: you told me when I was a kid that there would be legitimate conversations on this topic. And there would be conferences, actually, on this topic, I would have said. You're, We've you're, gone from a felony to an essential you. service. You're welcome. <laughs> no. Carlos, anything you want to mention?
1: Um, let's see. Uh, September 8th through 10, I'll be in uh, Poconos, Pennsylvania, for the uh, Colossal Con, signing autographs. And the yeah, aforementioned people meeting fans of all walks of life, hopefully. And then Midwest Toy Con at the end of September. I think September 29th and or uh, october 1st wh- How are those dates line up that last week in september in bloomington illinois doing the midwest toy comic fest so um there's things I, i'm doing on nickelodeon but because of the sag strike i'm not sure i should plug it but those things are coming out in the fall hopefully and uh, staying busy working with our friend tom kenny on camp coral when i can uh, uh,
3: i haven't seen
0: tom in forever Thomas, Thomas hello. hello and and lisa what's up with you
3: Well, since July 2020, I've been producing a monthly comedy show on Zoom called Lockdown Comedy. We still have 250 people, but we have like 30 in the audience and people still come. So we still continue that. So September 21st, is the third Thursday of the month, September 21st, the next show, Ophira Eisenberg headlining out of New York and Cynthia Levin and Eve Meyer. And then this December 23rd to 25th, the 31st annual Kung Pao Kosher comedy, Jewish comedy on Christmas in a Chinese restaurant. Um, Wendy Liebman will headline and oh, Rich Aronovich and Tali Reese out of New York. And I've been doing the show since 1993, came to me wow. as a joke. And then 2020 and 2021 were completely virtual. And last year for the 30th anniversary, we were back in person, but keeping the virtual element because I've got an audience around the country now who wants to come to the show or you know, doesn't want to, Fly to San Francisco, or they don't want to gather. That's a good idea.
2: I want to talk to you about that later because I've. I've had yeah, a let's
3: let's, let's talk. That's so great. Keeping up the virtual aspect of the show. The first you know, year, I, 2020, we had two thousand people all together over the wow. six three shows. The next year was a thousand, and then we've had about five hundred people still watching virtually.
0: That's you know, I did, cool, I did the last I, I did the last television interview with Henny Youngman. He was. Oh. I was, I was doing. I was doing mornings on two, and he okay, was promoting well, your show.
3: Promoting my show. Uh, promoting your team, December nineteen ninety seven. Right. Wow. So he, and
0: he. He was the last one, and he was. How was he on stage that night? Because I remember that they kept drilling him with three jokes they wanted him to tell, and they kept they kept repeating them over and over and over and over. And then when the light came on, he told the three jokes, and he, and he I had to sign off, and he kept talking. He wouldn't let me sign. He wasn't like all oh, there.
3: How how was he? How was the show? He was great. How much time do you have? Okay, <laughs> I inter I found out from Terry Gross interview years ago that he was listed in the Manhattan phone book. So I called information listing Manhattan, uh, city Manhattan listing Henny Youngman hold for the number. I call him. I talk to him. I talk to his manager. I invite him to perform. Then they tell me, if you're going to be in New York, we'll take you out to lunch at the Friars Club. So a month later, I go out to lunch with him at the Friars Club at his table in New York. Everyone's coming over and wishing him good health. But when he walks into the Friars Club and he's leaned over, old man, disheveled hair, and I think, oh my God, what did I do? And then during the meal, he kept offering little tidbits of sagely comments. And then he was sitting in his wheelchair, asleep in the green room, 10 minutes before I'm gonna introduce him, like, oh my God, did I make a mistake? I introduce him, he comes onto the stage, complete pro, but his manager had to sit in front of him with cue cards with one and two words on them because he was 91. And that right. year, one of the two beneficiaries was a Jewish domestic violence organization, and one of the cards said murder. The joke is divorce isn't a word in my house. Murder, yes. And I'm like, we have to steal the murder card because <laughs> the <laughs> violence organization is it's one of the beneficiaries. <laughs> so mm. he was great he did eight shows but he got a cold and then it turned into pneumonia and two months later he died mm. but just on the um exoneration level i spoke to his daughter and she was thrilled that her kids her um her, her uh, his grandchildren got to see him perform for the first time ever on stage dignified in a tuxedo and the last time they got to see grandpa alive was performing on stage as opposed to in the hospital. And he died doing what he loved. But I've been accused since 1997 of killing him.
0: Hmm.
3: That's one thing. He I'm was totally 91. Totally... Everything I, everything I said has been taught to- is totally serious. You're yeah.
1: killing me smalls.
3: <laughs> I <laughs> couldn't leave the house for the first six months after he died without oh. people going, you know, running into them at rainbow grocery. Oh, you killed Henny Youngman. At Rainbow Grocery, where well, you're not supposed to say such um, things.
1: I hate to say it, you got another screenplay. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I, I killed Henny Youngman.
3: Yeah. Oh, well, oh my you, god! They killed Henny! You <laughs> bastards! Yes. Well, if you if you look at his New York Times obit, I don't remember if Kung Pao's mentioned by name or just the fact that he did his last show at a Chinese restaurant in San Francisco.
0: Wow. See, so, that's the story. The the story is not that you killed Henny Youngman, the story is, is that you produced the last Henny Youngman show. Yeah. Yeah. That's, what, that's where he that's killed. Legacy. We <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: killed him.
0: Yeah. So it, there,
3: there was, the it movie's was called, called like, "Kill and
2: there. Be Killed." Yeah,
3: and I was I was thirty five at the time, and he had been performing for twice my lifetime, seventy years. And he was ninety one, wow. and it was the first time I ever almost cried on my stage because I got so choked up introducing him. You know, yeah. this was the three, four, five, fifth year of the show, and that really put the show on the map. Well, the New York Times article the second year also did, but just having (laughs) Hank Youngman representing the show, that was pretty magical. That's awesome. Yeah. He called me Sid. I think he thought I was Sid Caesar. I don't know. On stage, he referred to me as Sid. And then I went to his memorial. He's for (laughs) Hasidic. I went to his memorial at the L.A. Friars Club and got to see Sid Caesar speaking in tongues and... um, Jack Carter and Chid Cerise and all these people who were there. Wow. Jack wow.
1: Amazing.
0: Jack, yeah. did, did you talk to Jack? There's a Jack Carter joke that used to go around because he, he was about, the word is, is that he was kind of a... a, a he was not nice. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm being delicate.
3: Yeah, and, I'm being delicate too. He was a total bastard. And he, and- he was on stage bashing Henny at his memorial.
0: Jesus. Yeah. Well, the joke, the joke is, is that these three women get off of a, get off of a Greyhound bus in Hollywood. And, uh, and they're, they're talking about you know their aspirations and what they're going to do. And the first one says, Well, I'm going to go to Universal Studios and see if I can get a contract. Uh, what are you going to do? And the second one says, Well, I'm going to go to the William Morris agency and see if I can get an agent. And go to the third one, What are you going to do? He goes, I'm going to screw Jack Carter. He goes, what do you mean? Well, she goes, well, everywhere I go, people say, Screw Jack Carter. <laughs> Hello.
3: Sorry, I, I laughed before the punchline. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And I love that? I'm it's to a to tourist be- attraction. Uh, Carlos Salazar and Lisa Gadolding,
0: thank you so much for being with us. It's it's a pleasure to have you. I hope you come back and you will do it again. I hope you will come back and do it again. And I and I will when you come to town, Carlos. I will I will hook you up with Adam.
1: Thank you. And Likewise, I think he said he might be in town September seventeenth weekend for a Niner game. At uh, the Ram- at the Rams, and I said I'll take you to the uh, LAFC versus the Galaxy if he's in town. So we'll, we'll make it happen.
0: Because I mean, it totally—he's uh, he, like totally over the moon that you are a fan of his because he's been a fan of yours since he was five years old.
1: Well, he learned from the best. <laughs> no, I met you. you he met
0: me. What do you That's What it about, I mean. Kyle? <laughs> I did. I, I didn't play. Me. All right, guys. Thanks. I'll talk All right. to you soon. All thanks, right. Brian. Bye. All right, that's gonna do it for this week. Uh, it's just to support the show, there are a number of ways you can do it. Uh, in terms of the podcast version of it, you, uh, we are on, uh, on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Amazon. Let your friends know, whatever platform you're listening to us on go and give us a five-star review that helps people to find the show if you are watching us on uh, on youtube we're trying to get a thousand subscribers once we have a thousand subscribers we can do this live right now we pre-tape this and uh we pre-tape wednesdays it drops on thursdays once we have a thousand subscribers we do a live which means you can chime in and you can be a part of the conversation which would be wonderful so uh thanks for listening thanks for watching i will check out next week till then be kind to your neighbor
3: you nice guys